Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. We're joined today by Tim Schneider, the founder and president of Soaring Eagle Enterprises, a leading provider of professional training and organizational development services for over 20 years, which includes DISC Profiles, the most widely used behavioral assessments available. Tim has a doctorate in organizational development from Loyola Marymount University, an MBA and a Bachelor's of Science from the University of Wyoming, and has authored a number of books on leadership and workplace effectiveness, including The Ten Competencies of Outstanding Leadership and the soon-to-be-released Beyond Engagement. Today, he's going to explain what makes DISC Profiles such a valuable tool for helping real estate agents communicate more effectively. Now, let's welcome Tim to the call as we join our host, Tim Harris. You know, it just occurred to me, we have three Tims on the call. thats I don't think that's ever happened before. I don't know if that's good or bad. But Tim, I, thank I, you I, for I think, being... <laughs> yeah. I think that's a rarity in the universe, isn't it, Tim? I think it is. I think we should all be buying lottery tickets today, Tim, and I'm sure that, <laughs> I'm sure the show <laughs> producer, Tim, would also agree. <laughs> well, and so, perhaps we need to just then uh, go to Ventura, Harris, and Schneider as uh, identifiers. Yeah, that sounds like a very expensive law firm, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does, and right. not a particularly skilled one either. <laughs> That's for damn sure. <laughs> so, Mr. Schneider, I appreciate you being my co-host today. And uh, listeners, this is a topic that Julie and I present from time to time, the DISC personality profiles. It's something that – it's interesting. It's The information's been around for a while, and every time Julie and I read about it or we present it to a live audience or we are able to – actually, you know, have someone like Mr. Schneider on the call, we always learn more. Um, so those of you who have been exposed to DISC before, especially uh, from this radio show um, or any other place for that matter, I strongly encourage you to pay very close attention because uh, you will definitely be picking up more little nuances in how to use DISC to, you know, it's interesting, we always, you know, Tim, we present to salespeople, that's primarily what our audience is, realtors, people that are actually boots on the street selling, but the reality of it is, is if they um, can really get a good grasp on what DISC is. It not only will essentially put them in a position to make more money, help more people, but also improves their their lives uh, on a very personal level. So for all that, for all that, I really appreciate you being my co-host today. Oh, and you're and Tim, you're absolutely right. The uh, the, the science involved here is not just specific to how someone communicates or how someone sells, but it also has some life changing kind of impacts as well. Well, I remember the first time I learned this, and I tell this story, too, because, you know, it's, it's good to put it in re- reference. I was in my 20s, and I came across this information. I don't even remember where. And it was such an epiphany for me because for the first time I realized why it was <laughs> that I was only able to effectively communicate with certain types of people. And then the DISC uh, information sort of just, like, was this light bulb in my head that made me realize that, um, you know, definitely I was abnormal or normal or just, you know, I wasn't, it, it, I, I'm a high D expressive, right? So there's not a lot of high D expressives out there. And so when I was trying to communicate with other people that were, say, for example, on the amiable side, I wasn't necessarily going to click with them unless I learned how to 
communicate with them the way they want to be communicated with. So um, could you give us a little background on DISC? Tell them about where the research originally happened, and you know, just let, we'll just approach this like they don't know anything, and then we'll kind of drill down on some of the, uh, the meat. Perfect. Uh, DISC is an acronym for that stands for Dominance, Influence, uh, Steadiness, and Compre uh, Comprehensiveness. And it, the science is a relatively old science. It was developed based on something called Marston's model of behavior. And Marston was a behavioral scientist that originally identified three primary behavioral types. And from there, and he drilled down and found the fourth behavioral type. And over the years, this particular science has been validated over 30 million times, and it's probably the leading behavioral assessment tool that's available for anybody to use. We've been using it for in excess of 15 years in our leadership development, communication work, our coaching work, and we've had tremendous, tremendous uh, results with it. And, Tim, the newest version of it, the version that I've worked with uh, you and Julie with, is an, an absolute outstanding instrument because it uses a technology called adaptive testing, which means that, you know, compared to 20 years ago when you scratched some information off and did some self-scoring, this new version if it finds any conflicts in your responses or any conflicts in your answers, it'll continue to feed you some questions until it gets clarity, and it really produces a, an incredibly, incredibly accurate look of your behavior and your personality and how it impacts others and how it impacts your life. You know, it's interesting. I, what you're describing basically is an algorithm that makes it so that if people are wanting to uh, – have the results be a certain way, the algorithm basically ferrets that out, and they, they end up getting their, their honest results. And I don't, in sales environments where you're presenting this information to agents, let's say, it is interesting how all of them seem to think that in order to be successful, you have to be a driver personality type. Um, and that's, I, I don't, do you come across that when you're presenting this information to non-salespeople? They all try to put themselves in one bucket because they, for whatever reason, think that's an attribute. Yeah, they, they, they think that uh, a particular job type or maybe even a particular boss is looking for a certain personality or a certain behavior. And indeed, what you described, Tim, that algorithm protects that. And when it finds things that are different from their natural tendencies, it'll keep validating until it gets the uh, right approach on that. That's awesome. Yeah, so you're, I can definitely see the advantage versus just the old, you know, thought check mark on a, uh, a you know, five-page form. Um, and by the way, listeners, a lot of you are going to be very intrigued by this, especially if you've not been exposed to this or not really continued your education about DISC. And we are going to include a link where you can actually go and take your own DISC test using this new algorithm. Um, so what do you find when you're presenting this to salespeople? What do you find usually the biggest epiphanies that they have? Uh, after well, Tim, it's very, very similar to what you described that you discovered 20 years ago, and that is that their communication style and their communication approach is indeed unique to them, and it isn't universal to the general public. And when we talk about it, there's two really important learning parts associated with DISC science, and that is first understanding yourself, but then, most important, understanding the impact that your behavior and your style has on others. And for salespeople in particular, what we found is a, an incredible increase in the relational nature of sales that leads to more closings, 
uh, we've even had folks report that the degree of trust between salespeople and their clients has grown dramatically simply because salespeople have taken the step of adapting and modifying their communication approach to their clients and their prospective clients. So where do you, like, I'm, again, I, you have a lot more experience at presenting this than I do. You know, I'm, you know you're an expert at this, if, if, you know, if anybody is. Aside from, you know, well, here's an interesting, kind of where I'm leading. Dr. Merson's research had been used and reused and changed and relabeled and sort of manipulated through the 80s. There's all these different, you know, ways that the same information was basically re repackaged. Was there, yep. like, so you, you mentioned the fact that these, you know, you've developed this algorithm which basically makes it so people will get a truer sense of what their true personality type is. All this information that came after that, mostly, what, during the late 70s and the 80s, um, was there any, like, when I hear people referring back to that information, think that they understand DISC, I often find that that information watered down the true essence of what DISC was. Can you talk about that at all? It did. And, and you know what, there, there's a couple of watering factors there, Tim. Uh, indeed, some of the approaches that were looked at in the 70s, 80s, and 90s uh, were absolutely had no scientific validity associated with it. Uh, there were people that tried to angle it culturally. There were people that tried to angle it uh, which with age uh, biases built in. And the reality of it is it was not true to Marston's ori original research and his original behavioral findings. The version that's in play now that's published by Wiley uh, Publishing, and that's the version that we use and the version that uh, uh, we're offering and working with your clients on, is really the one that is the truest back to the original model. It's the circular model. It includes the influences of all the different styles, not just one primary style, and it really does remain pure back to the original science of Marston. Uh, the ones I get the most kick out of is, is and, and, and you can see it, you know, things like color code and which Star Wars character are you, those are all built on Marston's model in some strange kind of way. Not a valid way, but in a strange kind of way. Right, exactly. So um, versatility, right? Being able to know who you are and easily and effortlessly um, be able to communicate with all the different personality types. Is that, is that sort of the ultimate goal with understanding DISC. So, so how does someone well, get to that? Describe that so the listeners understand. Yeah, and, and, and I'll add a little bit up, up front on that too, Tim. What we found is that in, in about three primary areas, uh, leadership, sales, and customer service, the absolute most successful people in those types of functions are the ones that actively and openly chameleon their style to meet the needs of others. And to do that, you first have to have a very clear understanding of what your stylistic approach is, and then you have to have the openness and willingness to listen and lock in to some of the clues that others give to you. I've always contended that the world would be a great place if everybody wore a name tag that said, hi, I'm Tim Harris, I'm a high D, please get to the point. But without that, we have to do some stylistic ad adaptations kind of on the fly. And we have to read clues, we have to lock into the listening, and we have to openly modify our approach to the person or persons we're interacting with. And that's a lot of art in that, Tim, in addition to the science. Can you give us some examples? I, I can just 
I can sense that you have like a, just a huge well of information. But again, keeping in mind that primarily our audience are salespeople, can you give them some examples on where they might be missing it? Absolutely. When uh, a person interacts with someone and they detect that they are very direct and to the point, very assertive in their approach, they need to modify and become almost a D, uh, as in a high dominance uh, place. If they find that somebody is kind of highly relational and a little bit upbeat in their demeanor, they have to morph into and move into that kind of I demeanor and approach. If somebody's low-key, uh, soft-spoken and low-key, they're going to need to uh, also approach it in that manner. Now, what happens, Tim, and the risk point here is, and just take two of those examples, if someone is low-key, uh, a potential buyer is, is a very soft-spoken, low-key, often associated with an S style, and the real estate professional is a high D, and they don't make that modification or adaptation, that person with the high S values is going to feel assaulted and closed down. And that's the last thing a salesperson wants is for somebody to close down. So to really be effective and build trust and build a, a relationship, they need to make that connection on that S level as their client. Um, is there one personality type that is more successful in life in general versus the others? No. And, just, and, again, and can, you know what? Yeah. That's a really common question. And it also situationally, you know, a lot of uh, sales professionals will ask, is there a particular style that tends to be more successful in sales? And the answer is no. The real key to success is being able to adapt and understand what your strengths are, understand where your challenges are, and then adapt that to the needs of others out there. So, uh, you know, a D and I and S to C is not going to be more uh, uh, successful or less successful than anybody else out there. That's the big thing right there, what you just said, and a lot of agents don't get that. They think that they have to be drivers, really, or expresses, but mostly drivers, in order for them to be successful. Um, and the truth is, is that in a lot of markets, in a lot of cases, especially considering most agents get their business primarily from their centers of influence and past clients, that always works out to be their biggest source of business. If they're high Ds and they're not versatile, they're not going to be getting a heck of a lot of referrals from those people, whereas if they're oh, able to... And, and you're absolutely right, Tim. And, you know, one of the great uh, examples that we've seen over the years, one of the characteristics of someone with a high S value is that they are exceptionally good listeners. And when somebody is an exceptionally good listener, they can capitalize on that strength and be tremendous in, the, in a sales environment. What kind of questions? You mentioned questions um, a second ago. Would a, for example, should these guys be learning to ask to ascertain what type of personality is? And I'll set the question up so it's a little bit easier. I mean, we can probably make some generalizations about what type of personality they are based on their profession, right? So if you're trying to identify uh, if somebody is, uh, you know, with DIRC, if they're, a, say, for example, a kindergarten school teacher, chances are they're not a driver. Right, I mean, they're, they're probably going to be more. They're going to be more on the amiable side. So, are there, what are the tells for each personality type that these guys need to be on the lookout for? I got to tell you, there is an easy one that everybody uh, sees in almost every interaction, and that is uh, when you ask the question, "How somebody is doing?" A D is going to respond in one word and very, very quickly. An I is going to give you multiple words also quickly. And an S and C is going to respond 
after they pause to determine if you're sincere in the question or to determine the accuracy of their answer. That's one of the, the biggest, uh, biggest tells that people give. The other one that is always very, very telling is pace of interaction. D's and I's tend to move very, very rapidly, while S's and C's tend to be much more methodical, uh, both in their voice pace and in their response pace. Is there a personality type that struggles the most with being versatile? If there's one, you understand the question. Yes. Uh, there's one combination, actually. When somebody combines a high D value and a high C value, there's a huh. huge amount of egocentricity that goes along with that. And they will tend to, or at least in our findings, they, they will tend to uh, be a little bit less desirous to adapt than others. You know, that is really interesting. I never thought about that. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Now this is prickly, strictly sure. for, my, for my edification, but at this point that's interesting. Well, what, you're, what that particular style does, that high D and high C, it combines uh, the, the very strong assertive dominance characteristics with the conscientiousness characteristics of having all the answers. So what you have is a know-it-all that's aggressive. <laughs> that's great. And, I, I and, read... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. And, and, you know, I, I, I was pretty polite when I said egocentristic, but there are some other descriptors of that that aren't quite so courteous. Well, so let's let's talk about that because that's kind of funny. What would a, a high D with a, a secondary personality type, sorry if I'm not using terminology right, I pretty much guarantee you I'm not, uh, what, how would that person present? How would someone recognize the fact that they're dealing with someone like that? They would find that in a real estate sales environment, what you'd end up with is that customer who knows more about the real estate business than you do. Uh, and the individual is going to talk over you, and they're going to absolutely drown you with their inane knowledge of uh, real estate. Right. So they're going to have done their own research. They're not, they're going to, even though they hired you to perform a service, they're really not going to listen to you. You know, it's interesting. That is probably... Uh, now I think about it, when I think about all of our coaching clients, uh, that is a common issue that they have with people like that. They just won't listen, even though they hired them to perform a specific service. So, Well, and you add to that, Tim, the proliferation of Internet information. And right. so their desire to be an expert is now magnified 10 million times because they can research every article out there ever written. Um, so, you know, I read this statistic, and I don't know if it's right or not, Tim, but I, it's kind of funny, that of the, research, the researchers have uh, studied people in prison, and the most common personality type of people in prison, I, I read this like a few times, it could just be the same article or reprinted, right, but were uh, drivers. Have you ever read that before? I have seen that, uh, and, and I've also seen uh, work on certain social settings as well, Uh I even saw one uh, not horribly long ago about the most common personality types within a nursing home environment, too. And huh. the only issue I have with those, Tim, is the fact that the populations are relatively narrow uh, in terms of the scope of the study and, and things like that. And when you start looking at the general population, you know, and when you're talking about a sampling size of 30 million plus, you can get a pretty accurate sample out there, and it's pretty evenly distributed with the exception of S's, who represent a smaller minority of the population. Okay, so that's interesting. Now, that's different than the, they were talking about like 20 years ago. 20 years ago, it was that the S's were the most common personality types, and the D's were the least common, and you're saying that's not true? 
That is not true. There's almost an equal distribution, Tim, between the D's, the I's, and the C's in uh, general population. And S's then would represent the uh, smallest uh, uh, percentage. Wow, that's fascinating. So the S's are actually the, the least common personality type. Well, that's new information. Yeah, and that's really only by about a 7 to 8% uh, margin, though, too. I mean, it's not really a significant gap. And then the other thing that I would kind of hang my hat on that research is, you know, because the plurality of disc profiles are done in a working setting, that may slightly skew that just a little bit. Uh, you know, Marston believed there was almost an equal distribution among all, and he may well be right with that. Um, so when you're doing, like, for example, the, the testing of, again, just, you know, helping salespeople, helping these guys understand the importance of really at least going down the path of mastery of this, what would mm -hmm. be, like, the things they could be doing on an ongoing basis? Again, most salespeople, at least salespeople I've ever tested, and Tim, feel free to throw in if I'm not saying something correctly. But most salespeople, at least the successful ones I've ever tested, they definitely do seem to be prominently D's or I's. Uh, first, yep. let's, just, let's just level off there. Has that been your experience? Yeah, absolutely it has. It, uh, you know what, and, Tim, and that's an absolutely perfect example that an environment will attract certain behavioral types. So mm -hmm. to be a professional uh, and successful real estate salesperson, you have to have a certain drive, you have to have a certain charm in your personality, so that type of behavior is going to migrate to that. The opposite, I mean, if you think about the converse, if you're going to be a bookkeeping professional or an accounting professional, the same dynamics associated with a uh, well-run real estate office is not going to appeal to them, and they're not going to want to go there, and they're certainly not going to be successful in that. Well, so here's what's interesting, though, and I think, it's, I think you'll agree it's, it's uh, important that we make this point. You don't have to be a driver or an expressive to be a successful realtor. And no. I, I, we touched on this a second ago. Matter of fact, in some cases, it might actually be an attribute that you're not <laughs> prominently a driver or an expressive. And furthermore, there were, pre there were presidents and world leaders that are of all different personality types. And, you know, this is the egocentrism that comes from agents who are drivers who think that basically that means they should rule the world. And, right. uh, yeah, I mean, our, our current president, what would you say, probably analytical prominently? Yeah, I would I would say he's a CS or a strong C uh, pretty easily. He's pretty versatile, though. Yeah, he is. He uh, he adapts pretty well. Uh, he I've never seen I've seen the I come out in him. I have never seen the D uh, really at least publicly displayed. And it, it is interesting when you start applying that science to. Uh, public figures like that, and you come up with a lot of different impressions and a lot of different things. Like what? I mean, that that's a huge topic right there. So, what have you what have you seen if you just think about this, as far as what you just said, personality types of the public figures and you know world leaders and whatnot? Well, I tell you what, it, it's all across the board, and again, it kind of validates what you just said, Tim. Is there's no real particular style that drives success. You know, we all tend to think that our own style, for whatever reason, is the most beneficial. But the reality of it is the people that adapt are the ones that tend to be the most successful, the ones that can turn on an I, turn on a C, turn on an S. They tend to be the ones that are going to be the long-term most successful in, in whatever path they choose, and especially in sales. So uh, as we round the bend on today's radio show, first of all, you're awesome. We're definitely going to invite you back. Uh, listeners, remember, you guys can uh, request and do your own DISC personality profile 
using uh, Tim's uh, algorithm, using the modern way of taking the test, just click on the link on the show description. Definitely encourage you to do all that. Uh, and just so you know how strongly we believe in what he's selling, we use this in his test for our entire team and um, other people we consult for. We also have them, you know, this, this is something that's really key. And it's not just for sales professionals. You should also be doing DISC profiling for anyone and everyone you add to your business because really it's going to give you a good indication. Well, I'll give you an example. A company uh, that I consult for that's not even in the real estate industry, our head admins, I thought for sure we're going to be analytical, and they both tested expressive, which was unusual. <laughs> you know, let me actually. I'm going to ask you a question. Julie has a theory. My wife has a theory that musicians that there's there's a there's a, a weird personality type that combines expressives and analyticals that would be common in say, for example, a stage performer of say a classical instruments or anything like that. Have you ever come across any information to validate that? You know what? We have over the years done uh, handfuls uh, and worked with handfuls of musicians and bands. And, you know, like any other group, they, they kind of run the gamut. But what you described, uh, there is a certain dynamic that combines. Uh, they tend to be more on the C and S side than they do the I and D side. So, indeed, there is an analytical piece to it. There's a, uh, a criticality piece to it that's often associated with those C and S factors. Culturally, you touched on this too. There are, do we find that uh, when you test, say, for example, different cultures, that they do have a tendency to fall on one particular side, or is that just because, for example, uh, culturally they're raised to act and behave in a certain way? Do you understand the difference? Like if you test them in there, you know. What I mean? And you know what we found is that as we speak right now, there has not been a huge cultural influence, or, and the one that surprises people the most, there's not a huge age strata difference either. And, you know, a lot of people speculate that cultures or, you know, millennial generations are going to be much, much different in their norms. And in the reality of behavior, that just doesn't play out. Cool. Excellent. So listen, listeners, here's what you need to be doing. You need to seriously be considering taking this test. If you've taken it before, which I know a lot of you have, or if you've been exposed to it, if you've heard somebody present on it, even if you've heard Julie and I present on it, which I know a lot of you have, you still want to be taking this test. You know, it's truly life-changing. It is. At least it was for me, and I know it was for Julie. And every single day we've integrated into literally every conversation we have about coaches, about employees, about coaching clients, it's always like one of the first things we talk about is what's the personality type of that person? Because it does, if they're not versatile, if they haven't been educated on this stuff, there is a really good chance that the problem that they're having to solve a problem is really rooted in their lack of versatility. So you guys start on this path of understanding this. I promise you it's going to be one of the most significant things that you're going to learn. So, Tim, I've got to wrap because I actually have another radio show to get to, but I really, really appreciate your time on the radio show today. Anything else you'd like to say to our listeners as we round the bend? Tim, it's been my pleasure, and I look forward to talking to you again about it. And we're definitely inviting you back. So in front of uh, maybe even as many as 100,000 listeners, I have your commitment to come back. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, it would be my pleasure. All right, thank you. Have a fantastic day, and listeners, we'll talk to you on the radio tomorrow. Thank you, Tim. Bye-bye. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, 
Thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.